This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, boys and girls? How are you? Welcome into a Wednesday that I thought was a Thursday. Bostonian versus the book. He's Dave Sherapan. I am Matt Peralt on the Props YouTube channel on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt and at Boston versus the book for the stream podcast immediately following us when we are done happy wednesday on i was on a day that dave i swore woke up today i thought it was thursday i didn't even know what day it was i mean <laughs> i would have put a pick them like whether it was wednesday or thursday or i knew it wasn't friday still thought it might have been tuesday i don't know man crazy uh busy day i'm just glad the wind stopped blowing you can actually oh. go outside like it's it's actually decent outside and uh and I just got a text that says, don't drive on the strip. The construction's already started for the NFL draft. They, they shut down. I never watch local news. Never. But I was at the gym yesterday, right? <laughs> and I saw, I looked up and I saw the Fox affiliate and I saw lane closure begins today for NFL draft preparation. Yeah. And so like, I just started watching it and it had like the closed captions on. So I was just reading the closed caption. And I was like, wait, what are they doing? Oh yeah. Right for, from the Bellagio, that whole one lane right that whole like where the straightaway is going to be for the f1 race Mm -hmm. yeah that's all closed for the next two weeks good luck (laughs) friday night it's going to be saturday it's going to suck i mean no if you're coming into town if you're a local or you're coming into town yeah the strip's going to be a mess until the draft is over no good no good because they got to build the stage on the fountains for the bellagio so that that takes a week and a half, I guess, to build that whole thing for the red carpet walk. Whose idea was this? I I mean, it's going to look cool, but man, that's going to be a lot because like they just approved initially the LVCA, the convention authority had approved. I think it was like two hundred and seventy five million for the draft or something crazy like that. And they just approved another like half a million for extra security and extra things that they're going to need for the event. So like, we're just like throwing money like crazy at this thing, Mm. but building a floating stage off the strip on the Bellagio fountains. I asked someone yesterday, where are the fans expected to watch that? And they said, they said they're not, you know, they're not. Oh, um, okay. So where yeah, are they going to watch it? Everybody's gonna, just going to watch it on TV? Yeah, I think you're right, Dave, by the way. I know you said, I think our voices are a little bit off. I don't know if it's off on the stream or not, but it's off on the on the screen for us. I don't know if that's translating to the same thing on 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 YouTube or not, but yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's going right. to clean on YouTube. So uh, Okay, so it's just on our end, Dave. So it's, okay. it's, it's, it's no big deal. Just a delay on us, because I see it too. You're, you're right. Okay. Uh, they are expected to stand, I think, where they are standing now for the Bellagio Fountains. They're not stopping traffic is what I was told when I asked. 
So they're closing one lane, the closest lane that's going to be stopped, but there's going to be traffic coming on the strip. So like, there's no, like I, I person I was talking to said they did not believe there was going to be stands or anything else of like a temporary structure set up, but there might be that person might be you know, not informed on it, but person just told me that you could, you can put, if you think about it, you can put 10 deep right there. So how many fans want to watch the red carpet? Deep what? So like, you know how, you know how the broad, the, 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 the fountains has the, um, that barrier sidewalk. Right? sidewalk right and then the barrier right yeah so if you go from there all the way into the first lane of traffic you can put like people 10 deep around it sounds glorious horrible oh it's horrible it's <laughs> it's absolutely awful i'm just saying oh, that you, you can because nobody watches i mean in my experience okay when i went to the draft i was there the first year they ever did the red carpet the arrival the parade essentially like, you know, it's like the meat market. They take and put the, you know, here, here is your prized sow as they walk down the thing. So like, that's what we're doing with these players. But we actually, uh, and, and in New York, nobody watched it. It was all for TV. So I think there is a similar thing where it's going to be, it's all for TV. So they don't care who watches it. It's just for the TV audience. Who's watching these guys walk with the Bellagio fountains firing off behind it. Okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I feel about the mock drafts. I We're two weeks away draft. from this. Like this like sprung up on me that like this is here in two weeks. Yeah. Well, 14 days from now, NFL draft round one. It'll be here and then it'll be gone just as quick as it came in. It'll go out. It'll be uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. It's going to mess up. Uh, Moving around. That's for I think sure. fans are more excited to come to Vegas than Vegas is to host it. Is that fair? I mean, I know three major markets that are bringing groups of fans here. Yeah. To go watch their team make it make picks. Uses an excuse to come to Vegas. That too. And if you suck, if your team sucks, the draft is a big deal. I mean, it's your chance to actually, you know, Get a player that might change things. I guess. I don't know. I uh, I thought I expressed my feelings for the mock drafts pretty well yesterday. That's <laughs> not a mock draft. It's a real draft. This isn't mock. This is actually the draft. This is actually your team picking. You're coming into town to watch your team for three days, select talent. You know, Friday is okay. Second, third round. If you're a diehard, you understand the value of a second or third round pick. Saturday is just a, like, Forget it. <laughs> it's just drinking and oh, who'd we take? Okay, that guy from Idaho. Okay, good. Like, uh, sure. I never, heard, I never heard of him. I meant no disrespect to dentists and period periodontists <laughs> yesterday when I compared a draft to a root canal. But I, that's how I feel about the, the the mock drafts as well as the regular draft. Oh, really? You don't like you don't even like the real draft? Eh. Not I really. like the real draft. Okay, I like the real draft. That's I I do think it's fun to see who gets taken where, and it's a fun thing to bet on. Oh, see, I mean, being in the book and having to book it, I think. Oh, it's uh, brutal because you are even footing with the with the betting public. Well, you get information at the same time. It's it's uh, yeah, it just it wasn't ever really fun to book. It didn't. There's nothing but you know. <laughs> wise guy money and sharp money. And, you know, you, you get bet one side, you can't win it. Uh, it didn't do me any, I didn't really have excitement doing it. And look, they did not and have not at the moment changed the rules with gaming 
You cannot bet on Thursday on the draft. That rule has not been changed. We may need to do a public service announcement reminder every day of the show between now and then for people that are coming. Because I've been at that town. Can we just stand at McCarran with a big sign that says you can't bet on Thursday on the draft? Like like there's just like a big sandwich board, just like <laughs> hire some kid with a big sandwich board that says Bostonian versus the book reminds you you cannot bet on the draft on Thursday. <laughs> just have them walk up and down in front of the baggage claim, just walking around starting on you. Monday. Yeah, right. Starting on Monday's arrival. And then Tuesday. Cannot. Yeah. <laughs> and then change the sign for Wednesday. Since today is your last day to bet on the NFL draft. You cannot do it tomorrow in town. <laughs> It's an unbelievable marketing idea that I just thought of, but like literally, like if I was smarter, we should have done that. Like we should have made sandwich boards and had somebody walk around at baggage claim do at it. McCarran <laughs> with like a bell, like a, a, a Game of Thrones, like shame bell, like the, with the, with the, and I don't know if you've ever seen that the episode, but like they walk down the streets and she's shame, shame. We just have somebody with a big sign that sings says, hey, by the way, <laughs> ringing a bell to remind everybody that you can't bet on Thursday at the draft. At I'll the do draft. it. We could do it. Do you know what pissed off people are going to be here when they realize that they can't bet on the draft when they fly in Wednesday night and they're dead tired? And they're like, oh, gosh, am I flaking in late? Wake up Thursday morning, roll down to the book. All right, got my bets for tonight. No, you don't. No, you do don't. Mean, no, what do you mean, no, I don't? Can't bet on tonight. What do you mean I can't bet on tonight? It's tonight. It's in six hours. Why can't I bet on it? No, you can't, bet on, the, you can't bet on the same day of the draft. They're all like, down. hell, I can't. I can live bet the draft in Jersey. I can't bet on the day of pre- Nope. Can't bet pre. I've had these conversations. It's very uncomfortable. You're making me very uncomfortable right now. (laughs) I feel bad. I used to look people in the eye and say they're down. They're like, what do you mean they're down? The draft's today. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Um, They're down. Well, why? Nevada Gaming Control Board. That's the way they're. It's, it's, it's at the end. There's nothing I can say right now that's going to suffice. Would you like to bet a baseball game? We have a few of those. Would you like to bet hockey tonight, sir? You can't bet football. There's, gonna, like, uh, there's NBA playoffs. Would you like NFL futures? You can bet that. But I want to uh, bet the draft. I want to bet the number of quarterbacks over. Uh, you can't do that right now, sir. Sorry. So good. So yeah. bad, but so good. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, Dave, is there anything in your life you would glue yourself to? <laughs> anything in your life that you would glue yourself to? Um, I mean, am I supposed to say my wife right now? Like, no. I don't know. No. You can say I, whatever you want. There's nothing on the planet I'm gluing myself to. Zero nothing. chance. Zero chance. There's absolutely zero. There's nothing, not a golf club, not a boxing glove. There's nothing I am gluing myself to like the woman last night who tried to glue herself to the floor in Minneapolis during the first half of the game between the T-Wolves and the Clippers. What was she hoping to accomplish? She was a PETA protester. So I don't know, but you might want to use something that's not like Elmer's glue. Like she used white glue. <laughs> like we don't know what the substance was, but it was not sticky enough because she was ripped off the court like immediately when she tried to do it. Have you seen this gorilla glue? Yeah. Super glue. I, sure. I, I mean, that if you use the gorilla glue, you can glue yourself to anything you want. <laughs> like, but your I skin mean, it maybe is sh- not. I mean, I don't see smart to realize this, but glue is made 
most glues are made for with a with a um a, an, an additive that will not allow you to bind your hand or bind your skin really really badly unless it's like industrial strength like crazy you need a permit to use it type stuff how about that flex steel shit that you see all the time on tv that stuff <laughs> looks like you could do anything that infomercial i've been looking at that thing for years that flex steel stuff looks like that could glue your hands together but that that's not glue though that that's a sealant that's that, that oh. water that water seals out it doesn't it won't stick to your skin like that's the thing. Like sticking to your skin is the issue. She's trying to, you know, put her hand on the court and go ahead and have her have her hand stick there to stop the game. On the floor in Minnesota, you picked of all places. You're gonna go on the floor in Minnesota and, and glue you paid yourself those, to the floor. And you pay those tickets. Like she paid a ticket price. Like how much did you pay for those playoff tickets to run down on the court and try to go ahead and glue yourself to the floor? Yeah, there's nothing on the planet. I'm gluing myself to the floor. Bad bet. I don't, I don't know what the bad hell she Real bad quick, bet. real easy. They got it off, ripped it off real fast. They didn't know. They thought it was, it was funny. Kevin Harlan thought it was a worker who had collapsed. It's like, there's a worker who has collapsed on the, and then it was like, <laughs> wait, that's not, that's not a worker. Oh, wait, she tried to glue herself to the floor. <laughs> it was like, wait, what did you try to do? Man, oh man. Yeah, tried to do that. But in the wake of that, what in the hell was that Minnesota? What was that celebration? What, what I, are you implying here? I'm implying they didn't win anything last night. They made the playoffs. They didn't win anything last night. They won a playoff spot. No. Okay. A playoff spot. Patrick Beverly was crying. He was excited. He was crying. He was all over Instagram, TikTok, live, everything, running around, yelling, screaming, send their asses home. The Clippers didn't even get their year ended last night. It wasn't even JJ Reddick's like, why are we celebrate? Why do we allow kids who play in one and done tournaments in college to celebrate? But we're ripping on the Clippers or sorry, ripping on the T-Wolves for beating the Clippers. Like the Clippers season's not over. It wasn't a one and done last night. Was a celebration. Both teams could have lost last night, and their year keeps going. They have another game to play. Tonight is the one and done situation, not last night. So, so Pat Bev can't be ha happy and excited for what, what are you talking? Just about? Patrick Beverly. The whole entire team was running around like they were dropping confetti, like they won something. When's they the last time they won a playoff? When is the last time they made the playoffs? That doesn't matter. Talking about. Listen, you, you forget what not, it's like to lose. I mean, D'Angelo Russell tweet, job not done. No shit, man. Job's not done. No kidding. It didn't even start. The job didn't even start yet. What do you mean right. the job's not done? <laughs> it ain't. They made the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. This is such an overblown ridiculousness. They're getting waxed in game one. I am all over Memphis game one. They're going to they get cover killed. in game one. They're six and a half point dogs. They're going to get killed in game one. Why? Because they celebrated? Because that is the most ridiculous, overly, overly emotional letdown spot ever for a team. That was not a, that's not how you celebrate winning a game that doesn't, it wasn't anything. You didn't win anything. You won a game. Job dot, job not done, D'Angelo Russell. No shit, job's not done. It you ain't just done. got in. It even right. started. It wasn't a playoff game last night. You didn't win anything last it's a night. Play in game last night. You didn't even end the Clippers season. 
You didn't even do that. You just won a game. It's like a re- it's a regular hey, season game. About the Clippers, what are you talking about? Oh. You sound like some old curmudgeon. Get off of my lawn. Yes, you on must this celebrate. Sun, absolutely. 100%. You can't celebrate. That's not no, not like that. No, I don't think you celebrate that moment at all. I, I, th- I think you just go, okay, we're in. Let's go. We got a lot of work to do. Let's focus. Let's celebrate. Clap our hands, guys. Good, good job. Let's go. We got more to do. Versus that jumping on tables, running around, ripping off your jersey, throwing he your jersey into the excited. crowd. Oh, that was my. personal for him. Well, that Beverly's got his whole deal. See, see, two months ago, Patrick Beverly was at a Clippers game with a Clippers jersey on. Patrick Beverly's a weird dude. He's got so he's got some mental things going on in his brain. Like, which you is want him on your team though? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Not even a question. The guy is just an absolute menace. Hundred percent, want him on my, on my team. But yeah. watching him going, there's pictures of you on the internet at a Clippers game on an off day wearing a Clipper jersey, and now you're running around it's talking nice all this jersey. smack. I mean, it is a nice jersey. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you pro or are you con? Which is it? Like, are you you trying to sit, you yelling at Steve Ballmer? What are you yelling at the owner for? Like, you didn't sign me, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. You could have had me. uh, Like, what? We probably, they probably got told by them, you're out. See you later. No, he told them, pay me or trade me. And they go, okay, they traded him. Right. (laughs) Like, I I know why he's mad, but like, which is it? Like, you're either pro the for the team or against the team. Like, you got to make up your mind on this. Knocks him out. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. <laughs> like, he didn't even end their season. You sent them home with a loss. Okay. They can win the game on Friday. Well, that's, the I mean, that was the rules of the game. Like, the right. NBA put this play in to be that way. Right. They won. They don't have to play again. They were celebrating. So over the top and not needed. Man, oh, man. You don't you, need it. I mean, did the, did the Nets do you that? You remember what it was like when Boston stunk and all yes. the things? Like, this 100%. is exciting for and Boston fans. Minnesota would go, fans. What are we doing? If that was, if, if there was a play in tournament, we'd go, What are we Really? Oh, my God. Yes. 100%. What oh, are we doing? I don't think so. We would, we would shake our heads and go, uh, Did we win? Any, what, are, you handing, are you hanging a banner for that last night? If you're the T Wolves? Listen, baseball well, no, teams no, no, no. celebrate. A- answer the question. Every, answer the question. Every baseball <laughs> thing when they right. win a wild card game, correct? They didn't. They win have popping champagne celebrations. This you want win one game. Yes, but you won something. You won, you won a game last you night. You won. So- no, they didn't win anything last night. When you wait a second, you win a one game playoff in Major League Baseball to get an opportunity to play in a series, no, just a, exactly uh, the same no, thing no, 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 that no, no, they're no. doing in the wild NBA. card game's a wild card game. You won the wild card, you're in. You won a wild card game, you won something. You, you won a play in game, you won a playoff spot. Okay. Do you hang a banner if you're the T Wolves for that last night? You don't hang a banner for any of that shit unless you win a championship. I agree 100%. Although I will say you can, you can, you can hang a pennant. I'm okay with a National League, American League pennant. You, you can do that. Making the World Series is an accomplishment. Making the Super Bowl is an accomplishment. Making the NBA Finals is an accomplishment. I'll give you that. It's like the Final Four in, in college basketball. You can hang a Final Four banner. I laugh when I see, you know, round of 32 banners getting hung. Okay. <laughs> round of 32 banners. All right. That's fine. Yeah, the T-Wolves are going to hang a banner. Banners, they're going to hang a banner on that. They're not going to hang a I banner. I hope not, but the way they way that way that crowd reacted and the way that that team was leaning into that one win, I think they hang a banner. When's the last time they were in the playoffs? 04. There's people that have been going to the games for 18 years and haven't seen a playoff game. 
Let yes. them be excited. If Matthew. they win a playoff game, if they win a playoff game, that's great. Let them be excited. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. When they win a playoff game, be hell of excited. Changing the rules, man. They win game three. Do that. Okay. Be fired up. You win the series. Do that. You're advancing. Go. Wait ahead. a second. They win game three. They can do that. Sure. In the middle of a series. Sure. It's a more natural reaction. You actually won something. Then. You didn't win anything last night. Nothing. Well, nothing. Did, did the, the Nets line do that? My cousin Vinny, your argument does not hold water. Did the Nets do that last night? Piss are you talking about? Did the Nets do that last night? The Nets barely hung on. But did Jeez. they do that? But the, 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 the Nets do that last night? The Nets didn't have no energy to do that. <laughs> they, they, oh, sorry. Wait, it was it was 17-18. Timberwolves put up 17-18. I, I thought it was 4 I thought it was 2004. So I thought it was even long ago. So, so they were in the playoffs four years ago. This wasn't even a drought. This wasn't even a drought. Four, I, somebody told me this morning, Spencer Limbach, who works for us, said we haven't had anything to celebrate since 2004. So on, I thought, that's, what I, I, that's what I thought. Twenty. They were in the playoffs in 2018? Four years ago? Even more embarrassing. Did they get swept? I don't even remember them being in the playoffs. I don't either. Well, obviously I didn't. So <laughs> I thought it was who, four. Who sent that? Was that SoCal? No, uh, yeah, SoCal DJ sent that to us. He's usually pretty good with his research. So thanks, SoCal. Yep. 17 hmm. 18 season. They were in the postseason. I was excited for him. The hell with it. Let him celebrate. Memphis, hammer. Game one. Grizzlies will wreck that team in game one. They were going to wreck them whether they celebrated or not. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm, I, I, that was it. I was like, where's that line? Okay. Bet. <laughs> I was like hundred percent finding when that thing is coming up. I'm like, yep, we're, we're betting that Memphis uh-huh. will get that thing done in game one. That's going to be a lopsided. I mean, especially if Carl Anthony Towns plays the way that he played last night. Oof. Struggle a little bit. Bad Listen, that's time. a young team. They had was a big accomplishment for them to just win the first game and put at least everybody's mind at ease. We're in the playoffs now. Let's focus on Memphis. I mean, they had every reason. I mean, there was multiple opportunities they could have not won that game. Yeah. You know, the Clippers just clippered and yeah. Minnesota they, moves on. I'm excited threw, for them. They threw up the cover. They they had the cover. I mean, that missed layup late in that game. By Jackson was brutal. That was I was the watching the Knights. I didn't even want. I was watching the score, and I was like getting like, uh, looks like they're going to lose back and forth. Mm. I was focused on the Knights game. They lost in the first round to Houston in five games in 2018. So they quick won exit. Game. They won one game. Will they win one game against Memphis? Probably. Game one. three. Game three, <laughs> and then celebrate. On <laughs> <laughs> that. So. The big interesting sports gambling Twitter conversation today is what happened following the Cavaliers covering that nine and a half point line last night. Yes. So I was right. The books opened up with the Nets as the favorite to beat the Celtics in round one. Mm-hmm. 95% of the money, one way action, all on Boston. Yep. It is now minus 135 and climbing. Yep. Celtics. Does this give you pause at all that it's one way steam? No. Okay. No, I knew who they were going to bet. That's why I said make the Celtics favorite. The Westgate opened up Celtics minus 150. 150? Yeah. They opened 150? Yeah. The only ones that opened last night was William Hill minus 135. Everybody was sleeping and woke up this morning and put the opening number up and 
you know, they came in bags to bet the Celtics. Two seed, wow. seven seed, all that, throw it out. Okay, Celtics, yeah. agreed. <clears throat> Nets, Celtics, you keep talking about they don't have their big. They're still the Celtics. The Nets looked old last night. Other than Kyrie and KD, they didn't have no help. They went through scoring droughts that looked like St. Peter's in that game. I mean, Kyrie was perfect in the first quarter. They scored 40 points in the first quarter. 40 they to 20. 12, I think, in a second. They That's are not ridiculous. good without KD on the court. Ooh. They are not good. They're a bad team without Kevin Durant on the court. Man. And in the fourth quarter, I mean, look, you could have gotten plus 19 in-game on that. Yeah. That's the highest number I saw for an in-game bet. I was already on eight and a half. I was like, I'm not going to – I'm not losing two bets. I'm so ice cold. I'm not going down with two. Just hopefully get one. <laughs> I wasn't sure I was gonna I was gonna get one. I wasn't sure I was gonna wind up. I thought it could be like a 40 point win with the way that the, the game was going, but Cavs just kind of slowly chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And that's the thing about NBA betting that for people who are just betting because it's the postseason, that they I saw a lot of people disgruntled on Twitter of like, what the hell is this? I can't believe they blew it. And I'm like, well, if you watch NBA basketball, it's a marathon. The games are so long that Generally speaking, the books in particular this time of the year, the books have a pretty good feel for how the game's going to fall. Like they may not be perfect, yeah. but the idea that it's going to be a 20 point win would be pretty stunning for the books. Like that would be like, wow, to be that off on a, on a point spread in a playoff game is pretty rare. So I had a feeling we were going to have it come back down, but that's as we watch the NBA playoffs and you don't bet the NBA all that often, just understand that if one team races out to a really big lead early, like what happened last night, a pretty good chance that the team that's down by 20 is going to come back and have it you know, at some point down by double by single digits and maybe even end the game like the Cavs did with a couple of free throws and a you know missed shot at the end that wound up you know helping Cavalier backers with a seven point win for the Nets because Nets don't care how much they win by. I mean, I, I I called that perfectly. I said, look, I thought they'd go up by 20 and then they'd melt. And that's what happened. <laughs> the lead just melted slowly. It was 12 after three. And then it wound up falling seven. It but, was, and it could have fallen 12. Like it, it was yep. the way the end of the game uh, went. Uh, I mean, Perfect I was, for the books. Perfect I was watching it. I was like, this is incredible. This is going to fall 10 or eight. And it fell seven. Yeah. But it, it was, number was perfect. I mean, the number was right on. Um, the total Got down as low as 201 and a half in game, close 228. The most ridiculous last uh, minute 40 seconds got it all the way to 223. <laughs> like, close. so again, one of those examples for people that are new to betting you take a position pregame under, you watch it going way under, and at some point you find the bottom 201 and a half, and you play over, and you have a 28 point middle on a basketball game, on a total, where you can't lose both sides. You bet over 201 and a half, under 228 and a half, and let it fall in the middle. You take your shot. Now, I mean, could it have gone over and you only win one bet? Yes. Then you break even, you lose the juice, whatever it is. But my goodness, I don't know what I learned from that other than you keep telling me the Celtics aren't going to beat this team. I think I'll be gladly wrong. 
I, I think you're going to be signing up for being <clears throat> wrong. I'm not betting the series. I'm betting Boston game one already bet at Boston minus three. So betting Celtics to win game one. I'm not betting the series until I watch game one, until I see how it's going to go. Boston loses game one. They lose the series. Whoa. They lose game one. They lose the series. Yes. In my opinion, they win game one. Okay. I'll listen. I'll get a much worse price. Obviously they, they win game one minus 130, 40, 50 goes to maybe minus 200 to win the series. Most often teams that win game one, win seven game series. Majority of the time, not an astronomically number of time, but majority of the time you win game one, you win the series. So I just think it's going to be, that's the tell to me. Can they win game one? Don't care about rest. Don't care about any of that. Oh, they're going to be, you know, the Celtics are going to be you know, not as sharp. Don't buy that. I mean, this is the bull coming in. If you wanted to get the, to get Boston's attention, this is the team that Udoka coached last year. Assistant coach, but he was on that bench last year. So there are all sorts of ties, Kyrie ties, and Boston will have the full attention. Boston will be 100%. He was on the Brooklyn bench last year? Yeah. That's where they grabbed him. So... This is a just becoming absolute must-watch television. 100%. There are so many storylines to this. Oh, that, that's this what I mean. Great. This is a huge series for the Celtics. If they lose game one, that's why I don't think they win the series. They win game one. Okay, I'll listen. Probably won't bet it, but I'll, I'll, I'll listen. Somebody said to me that now the price is so – I saw not said to me, but said on Twitter that you can bet the Nets now with rollovers and – if they win the series, you'll win money because of where the, the money lines are. Yeah, where the money lines are for it. You can bet those. And you actually, because it got to be so high. The Nets number is so high now. That and it's get, plus 155 or plus 150 for game one on the money line. Yeah, so you can roll it over. Yeah. And and have have a rollover on the, on, on the Nets if they win the series. Yeah, I mean, that's a great theory and that's possible, but like, when do you not bet them? Like right. they're not sweeping. No, right. You know, so you bet that you win game one, you roll it over to game two, to Celtics win game two, and you're out. Right. At least if you have the future price. I mean, this is a dream for me. I I I told you yesterday. I love doing the futures, the series prices. We used to do a ton of action because I used to just. I mean, I had carte blanche in the NBA to move them as needed. So if everybody was at minus one sixty, I, you know, and I like the favorite. I'd go to 170 and take a bet on the dog because it was higher. It was off. Right. You know, give myself a position. And then, you know, so if I like the Celtics, they're minus four in game one. This price kind of reflects the series price. The home team should be favored. The team with the home court should be favored. It's rare. The team has to be that much better to be the road team and be favored. Or there has to be an injury like in the Utah series where they're favored to win the series without home court. So now if you think the Celtics are going to win game one, what is the price after game one? If it's minus 135, 140 right now, does it go to minus 200 after game one? Yes. You think it goes that high? Probably, yeah. Even I mean, in a close game? I mean, unless it's like a buzzer beater and then maybe it goes to 175. But, right. but but mathematically speaking, teams that win game one in best of seven NBA series, generally speaking, it's like 65% win the series. They go up 2-0, it goes to, I think, like 75 to 80% of the time win the series. 
Right. So, I mean, game one's a pretty big precursor for how the series is going to go. There's an actual, we had a calculator that would price out. All you had to do was put the money lines in of what you thought the money lines would be. So equate it to, you know, four, what's it going to be with Brooklyn and Boston? And, you know, in Brooklyn, I mean, four the other way, probably. Okay. You know, so you just equate it out minus 160, minus 160 at home. Plus one six, plus one forty, plus one forty, calculate it out, and that's the price for the series. That's the series price, yeah. Oh, interesting. So, you know, it would tell you basically what it should be, and um, it's easy to do, but it's not because if KD twists his ankle and is out, all that work is done. <laughs> you yeah, know, so so you have Tatum, to actually have Tatum's a human same, element in the same thing. Tatum gets hurt for Boston. It's the same thing. Correct. Right. Yeah. I was just using KD yeah, just as an example. Yeah. But right. Any, any so, big injury, right, would, yeah. would dramatically affect it. How do you think Boston feels now going into this series? Your people at home are crying about the Red Sox being, you know, bad and worried and this and that. Are they, I mean, they got to be, I think this is like, welcome them into the Lions then. I think it's going to be just, oh, this is old school Boston. Yes. Right. We're, we're the, back. We're coming oh, this out. Is, this is old school. We're seeing the New York Yankees. We're seeing the yes. bought, the bought and built team coming in against our 24 and 25 year old youngsters. 100%. Let's go. There's no debate in that. The look, TD Garden's going to be freaking ready for this game. Game one is going to be electric in there. I mean, the knives to carve this Nets up team up are going to be out. Now, can the team do it? We'll see. But that, to me, says that Boston fans are nervous about losing. This is what happens when Boston fans get pushed up against the wall and they're afraid of who's coming in. They know who's coming in. Best player on the planet's coming in. Their former point guard's coming in. Let's go. So that's going to be like, all right, you're one, two superstars up against our team. And we have a better team than your team. You have better individuals. We have a better team. That's the whole New England narrative. That's the Patriots in 01. That's everything. That's Patriot, New England, Boston, Celtics, whatever, fans. This is the storyline that they go bonkers for. I love it. Yep. This will be absolutely game one as much as must-see TV. Like, get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a war. (laughs) And I hope the game is refereed opposite of the way the Wolves and the Clippers game was refereed last night. That looked like a bad college game last night there were so many fouls being called technicals being called ticky tack nonsense being called did you see the first game though first game the, was good i like the first game let they just let them play yeah, i like it like game. a rugby match i like that that's playoff basketball to me like let it go let these dudes play let's not use a grown men play in the game like let's only call blood let's not call ticky tack <laughs> stuff let's only call blood. yeah let's go i want to see it that's perfect because let Marcus Smart be Marcus Smart. That's what I want. Let him, Better beat the, be. let him beat the living shit out of Kyrie for five games. Like, let him just beat the hell out of him. Hard foul coming in the first quarter. Good. 100%. Send a message. <laughs> yep. We know one thing about Kevin Durant, right? KD, it could be Charmin soft at times. Yeah, but he could be a killer too. True. Late game. He can, I mean, you get him motivated. Did you see that? I mean, the first, the last game they played against the Sixers when he went in there 
and they knocked him to the ground. It wasn't Embiid. It was uh, was the other guy. Was it? Uh, no, it wasn't DeAndre Hopkins. I forget who it was. Knocked him down. He got up. He got right in Embiid's face. I'm going to be here all night. All night. And he was. It's going to be good, man. I mean, I, I want to. I, I mean, I would like microphones. I want to hear it all. I want to see it all. I might have to go get a Celtics jersey. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Play the House of Pain song. Jump around in the house. Bring it all. Bring it all. It's a 3.30 start. Is that bad? I would like it to be at night. It's a 3.30 Eastern start on Sunday, game one. Oh, it's Sunday. Okay. Uh, nah. That's actually, 12.30 for us. That, that That's a football kickoff time. That works on Sunday. That all works. Right. Got to get the natives lubed up and ready to go. Yeah, they've been lubed up at 9 a.m. for that game. Uh, I'm okay. Good. That I'm not worried about on a game one situation. Green teamers are going to be. Yeah. Like three fourths of the way in the bag at tip. Like they're going to be on their way. So it'll be, it'll be one of those moments where if you're listening to Sean Grande, who came on this show last week or two weeks ago, Sean paints pictures really well. And he'll be like, we're he, he will do an incredible job of like laying out what exactly he's watching and seeing it's going to be electric. It'll be, yeah. it's one of those playoff series that you've wanted to see for a while because Boston is mature and this team now is ready. This is not like, Oh, when we see Jason Tatum become a top 20 player or when we see Jalen Brown become a man, like they've arrived, like the, this team is now ready to go. But Brooklyn's sitting them, sitting there right in their face in round one. It's like, we're not putting our toe in the water, boys. We're diving head in. Right, hey, Kyrie's in. coming back. He tried to glue himself to the floor the last time he left. Remember, this is all. This is. I mean, there's so many storylines. I can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, that's right. We have John Anik today. I forgot well, about John Anik. Good. We'll ask John. I told you it was Thursday. Yes, we want John Anik today. Today's Wednesday. I know. I thought today was Thursday. I forgot that we have Anik today on a, on a Wednesday at God. eleven o'clock. We we have Anik today. We have Anik in twenty minutes. God, that's me. That's I told you. My brain is so fried today. I don't know what the hell's going on with me. I thought it was Thursday. I woke up at Thursday. I forgot we had Anik today, which I booked it a week ago to get John Anik, voice of the UFC, on. So we'll have him on today. By the way, you <laughs> st- us stopping at at, at eleven thirty is just out the window. <laughs> That probably won't happen. That's getting done at night. But Anna coming on is a huge deal. So we'll we'll get John Anna hopefully locked in today. Thank you for that reminder, Matt Fair, because I blanked on it too. We all forgot about it. Not that I forgot about our boy, John Anik, but he's a Boston guy. So we'll get him on. Perfect. Uh, total for the Hawks and the Hornets is down to 235 here in this one. Yep. It's part of better to book it. So I'm not going to give it away too much. But okay. how, how do you feel about this game tonight? with these two teams because I still lean Charlotte. Plus well, the move came on the, on the uh, Hawks. This is what happens. <clears throat> both home teams won yesterday. Right. So everybody goes, Oh, both home teams won. Let's bet the home teams today. But they didn't cover. They just, they won. But Brooklyn teams, won. Yeah. Didn't, didn't cover. cover. Right. T wolves won and covered and right. celebrated to your yes. dismay. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I'm leaning. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm still good with the Hawks. I still in that that bet we talked about. We got halfway home. That that one that I said was 440. Picking the four teams. Brooklyn's in. Minnesota's in. Now we get if we get Clippers in and Hawks in, where we got all four uh, at plus 440. So, but I don't know. There I mean, the go. number That's makes right. sense. You have to find the the total, the the under bet. 
and they already did. So probably now, mm, you know, books are going to need, I think the books will need over at this point, unless they're going in with the wise guys who bet it under. That's all that moves it now. Why you are you you thinking under? Oh, not it's gonna, better to book it. It's better to book it. Not Never mind. Give, I was not gonna give not gonna give that away. I'll give I'll, right. I'll give I'll give that away coming up here in in a second. Sorry, I was just sending Anik a, a note saying that he was. We just sent you the email. Uh Spurs and Pelicans number hasn't moved. It's five and a half still. Mm-hmm. First uptick was five to five and a half. It hasn't moved. Surprising? No. Okay. Kind of like Clippers T Wolves last night, right? The number seems to be right. Number's fine. This is one of those ones you just put it up. I mean, you know, industry term is it's a painted number. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got it. It ain't moving. Mm. I don't know. Better to book it. Is this also a better to book it? Yes, sir. Okay. We won't give it away then. But I've voiced my opinion <laughs> by what's on my head. <laughs> Public dog is what everyone's saying today. Oh, 100% it is. 100%. Don't really care, to be quite honest, whether it's public. Hey, they don't always lose. Yeah, so I'm not uh, I'm not worried about that. All right, so the Guardians have gone over a ton this year. They hit me. The Guardians were supposed to suck, and yet Tito's team score, has scored 17, 10, and 10. Who they play? They've scored. They scored thirty-seven runs in the last three games. Royals, Royals, Reds, and they're playing the Reds right now. First inning, no score, but there's a runner on third base, top of the second for Cleveland. The total pre-flop for this was nine. Mm-hmm. Would you've come back in on the over today, or would you bet the under? Given this run is bound to stop for Cleveland. I don't know. Baseball betting is all about streaks, right? I mean. Sometimes you just ride them and you go. We've talked about this. Uh, at what point do you not bet it? Do you hold off? I don't know. I'm impressed with the lineup. I'm impressed with the hitting. That guy swings has not swung and missed at a pitch. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. The, the the rookie for them? Yeah. I mean. 18 at-bats? He hasn't swung and missed yet. That's an old-school hitter right there. I love that. And I tell the girls that all the time when we're, when we're playing. I don't care if you swing and miss, but like, don't, if you don't have to, if you get fooled and you do, that's fine. But, um, it's the Royals and the Reds. I would caution on getting too excited about the guardians. All these people be like, Oh, the guardians are better than they thought. Hold on. It's the Royals and the Reds. Like just, just, just relax. Enjoy the runs while they come because they're going to play some other teams and they're going to get shut out. It happens all the time. Um, it's just fun to, it's fun to see week one in all of the, Oh, I told you the pirates were going to stink. They stink. Well, okay. I told you, I mean, like who told us that the Rockies would be four and one right now? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. But a lot of people, you know, that's a sharp play over for the season wins. So all those guys are like, yep, I, uh, I, I knew it. I knew it. The Rockies were going to be good. See, I told you. It's week one, man. Like, just just enjoy the ride here a little bit. We just got started. So if you're that way with streaks, Red Sox Tigers, Red Sox are leading the entire league right now in unders. Five and one. 
through six games. Rich Hill got it together yesterday. Yes, he did. Currently one nothing to Detroit that game in the bottom of the second inning. But mm-hmm. would you have bet under seven and a half? Seven today? and a half was the total for that game today? Yeah. Who? Who's on the hill? Let's see. I didn't even look yet. For the Red Sox, it was uh who do you call it? It was Ivaldi and Vol- Rodriguez. Oh no, yeah, yeah. So Ivaldi and to the first matchup Eduardo. that they pitched. Ivaldi was okay in his first start. Yeah. Erod was eh. I'm not really in love with Erod with the Tigers, although people were saying bye. Saw a post today, someone saying pick him up for your season-long fantasy because he's gonna have a good year. I don't know. Valdi against the Yankees, five innings, five hits, three earned runs. Not horrible, but a typical start for a major league pitcher now. It's five innings, three runs. Still amazing that that's considered a quality start, but that's considered a quality start. Well, no, you got to go six innings to get a quality start. But oh, like, that's that's six innings and five and three. Sorry, yeah, six six yeah. and three. So, so, yeah, yeah, but it's close. Yeah, but um, I don't know what I would have bet. Would you have bet this under seven and no. a half low for an American League game? My no. goodness, no, absolutely, especially with Erod, former Red Sox pitcher on the mound. Like this is, I mean. In his first start, he was okay. Four innings, four hits, three earned runs, two Ks against the White Sox. But Red Sox, I mean, they want to hit this dude. They haven't so far, but they want to hit this dude. This is the lowest total of the day yes. on the baseball board other than, oh, okay, San Diego, San Francisco. Because it's five and one. Seven. Wow. Well, I mean, the books have to adjust. You can't keep putting up eight and a half or eight and keep getting bet under and losing. So you got to make it seven and a half and see if – this is the day that either people bet over or the game goes over. So, I mean, this is how you adjust on a fly, especially when you got the good pitchers. Mm-hmm. You have to. I mean, if you're if you're thinking eight, or your numbers tell you it's eight, and you see that their games are going under, or every one but one of them has gone under, you have to put up seven and a half. So, I don't know if I would have bet it. I think I would have waited. I don't. I don't know. I. Day games, I get nervous uh, with good hitting lineups, and I think both of these teams have pretty decent hitting lineups. I wouldn't wouldn't be in a hurry to bet under in a seven and a half in, yeah. in Detroit. I would have bet over personally. I think the Red Sox were going to score five themselves today. That they're due to have a breakout team total. Red Sox over. I would have, but I'm not touched. I mean, it's, I didn't bet it, but I, that's how I lean would be team total over. My guess is Red Sox three and a half team total. Looking right now, sir. Today. Would it be my guess? Six and a half in game already. See, this is the thing. Like, you go, I mean, it's the third inning and they've already shaved the runoff. Wow. Even with a one, even with a score, with a run being scored. Yeah. And six and a half. Um, Wow. You can bet whether you were going to score over or under a run in every inning. Boston Red Sox total runs in game right now is two and a half. Wow. Two and a half. I bet over that right now. Minus yeah. one. The oh, hold on. Let me click refresh. I mean, it's one swing. I mean, minus it's, 132. It's incredible, isn't it? Right. It's one swing. Three run home run. You, you get it. I mean, that's not nuts at all for the Red Sox to hit a three run home run. Devers, JD Martinez, Bogey's out of the game today, but he's not playing today. Oh. They're resting him. So they're Trevor Story's back in. Story's playing second base, and Arroyo's playing short. Oh, okay. Do you have stories, Bat? It's in there. Do you buy the Raphael Devers MVP steam? Oh, I loved it last year. 
This is everyone. I, I've seen like five people jump on this saying Raphael Devers is going to be the American League MVP. I love it. It's I think possible. he's tremendous. I think he's a tremendous ball player. I, 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 it was Raphael Devers bobblehead night when I was back in Boston when, nice. when me and the kids went. So I have this little Raphael Devers bobblehead doll that Jessica keeps asking me when I'm going to put away. And I'm like, I'm not. I like looking at Raphael <laughs> Devers. It's fine. Um, no, I, I, I think he's got as good a shot as anybody in the American League. No. Uh, he, the Red Sox need to be competitive, not great, but competitive. So if he's competitive, they don't need to be the best team because no, they don't. No, no, we've know. seen it with Mike Trout. But I just I think it's tough when you have Trout and you have Atani, and I, I you have what's going to go on in New York, which I think is going to be a softball hitting lineup this year with home runs for New York. Judge is going to be tough if he has a big year. I mean, right now, no one's hitting the ball harder than Stanton right now. So. We'll see, but I think yes, he has a good a good a chance of anybody else to win the award. He just needs to have that 320, 45 home runs, 120 RBIs type of game, type of season. Which is it's Otani, Otani plus 340, Trout plus 550. Okay. Vladimir Guerrero is 6-1. He could be a tough guy to beat if the Jays are good. Byron Buxton is 10 to 1 for Get Minnesota, and he is getting all the steam. Yeah. I mean, he's Get down to 10 to 1. Then you got Wander Franco, who's in Tampa, has absolutely no shot, no matter what he does, because he's in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And then Rafael Devers also at twenty to one. So, I mean, he's right there, twenty to one. A- again, these th- these award things are so so hard. I mean, because they're going to give it to Otani every chance they can if he's pitching and th- I mean, if he's got fifteen wins in bats three, you know, two eighty with twenty home runs, yeah. Vladimir Guerrero almost won the triple crown last year and was the second choice by a mile right. because of what Otani did. Now the novelty's worn off like with Otani. He, yes, he pitches and yes, he hits and he does both very well. Is that the MVP when a team's 15 games below 500? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you. I, and Trout I can't stay healthy. So, right. Well, Trout's that, I mean, part of this award is won by whoever stays healthy. That's why and, Stanton can't win it. Right. And Trout getting hurt allowed the voters who would have voted for Trout. Right. All to, to go, go. All to go Otani. So they didn't split votes last year. Right. So, you know, that's, that's one of them as well uh, with that. Uh, okay. So we've got a. Toronto, New York game tonight with Cole on the mound against Berrios. He got shelled. Berrios got absolutely torched on opening day. Yes, he did. Cole minus 168 gave up three runs in the first inning to the Red Sox and then settled down. Red Sox ended up losing that game to yep. the Yankees on opening yep. day. What do you make of New York being this big of a favorite tonight, though, against the Yankees? Oh, you're sorry, against the Blue Jays and Berrios. Yurfi. This is a this is a Yurfi tonight. Bet this thing run scored in the first inning. Yes, looking yeah. that price up right now. Um, the Yankees are always too expensive, in my right. opinion. Yeah. They're oh, I mean, this is crazy. But I mean, are you taking the Blue Jays with uh, with with Barry? <laughs> no, but I take the over. 
Totals eight flat. I take the over. Two plus hits in the first inning for Toronto. You can bet two plus hits in the first inning for this game. Yes is minus 114. Combined or both are individual? Combined. Two hits? That's all you need to two win? Two hits in the first inning and it's pick them. Really? That's it. That's all you need is two hits and you get you catch that bet? Two hits in the first inning. Will there be two hits? Barrios probably gives up two hits himself. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you give up? Six runs in the first inning on opening day? Gave up a lot. <laughs> I mean, they're still scoring <laughs> against him. I mean, my God, it, it was the it was the, the Rangers, for goodness sakes, that scored. This is the Yankees now we're talking about. It's the greatest no decision in the history of baseball. Like he gave up ass. all those runs and he got out of it. I mean, he he they, they won the, the team, game. And the team won nine seven. They covered on the run. Covered line. the run line. <laughs> it's absurd. Nine nothing run. Streaky. To record, let me see. So you think, that, yeah, plus two hits in the first inning for that game is a yes, right? You bet that because two pushes, right? It's two or more, not more than two. Two plus hits in the first inning. Two so that's, wins. That's worded funky. Two plus? Two plus hits in the first inning. Toronto so two, versus So two pushes. Yankees. No, two plus hits. Yeah, but why wouldn't it be two and a half? Like the the two, they can't plus. word it that way with this software. Two's a winner. Two is a winner. Oh, wow! Two plus hits. So why couldn't this? Yeah, so it's one and a half. Basically, the number is one and a half. Yeah, one and a half hits in the first inning for the Yankees and the Jays seems like a pretty decent wager tonight. Get your get your juices going. That's for sure. That's interesting. Yeah, bat. You don't even have to score now. Damn, you can bet. You don't even have to bet a Yurfy. You can just bet. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. A hitty? Uh, I don't know. Have to come up with a name. <laughs> a hitty? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, hits in the first inning. We have Nerfy for no and Yurfy for yes. I don't know how. I don't know. Hits in the first inning. You know, somebody smarter than us in the chat can come up with that. Deuces you know, plus. Can go, can go Deuces ahead plus hits. I don't and, know. And have this and 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 do this. Oh yeah. All right, we'll get to some football here on the other side of this next interview because we are very happy to be joined by the voice of the UFC himself. One Mr. John Anik is joining us here for the first time for the Bostonian versus the book. And Dave's going to get teamed up upon again with another Bostonian coming on in. Mr. Anik, how are you, my friend? Great to see you, Matt and Dave. I am doing great. You guys sound great. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Oh, you, you can hear us. Too. So now I want to place all these wagers on these uh, afternoon <laughs> baseball games after listening to you guys for the last several minutes. So, so okay, wait, I, just sit back just a little bit so I can get the hat. I, I need to see the full hat because one more sleep gear, right? This Whoa. is now what we're doing, right? We're pushing this gear. Dave and I will wear these hats. If you send us these hats, we will. We, I'll wear we them everywhere, John. Everywhere. Well, I appreciate it. We I like that hats. hat that, uh, that Dave's rocking today. No, I'll send you guys hats and shirts and hoodies. And uh, yeah, I guess we're in the merchandise business right now. You know, the one more Thank sleep you. thing kind of took off and we embraced it. Um, I can sit here and tell you guys, we actually filed for the trademark uh, wow. in terms of commercial usage. So um, exciting to see whether we probably won't get it, but it was worth a shot. <laughs> we were able to trace my usage of one more sleep all the way back to 2015, which gave us uh, some pretty good legs. If you if you would, uh, so you know, finding a tweet from 2015, 
you know, so. If you guys don't know, one more sleep is what John says, counting down to a big UFC card. Love so he'll it. tweet it. He'll show his note with her insane the amount of research huh. and prep that he does for these fights. It's incredible. But he says one more sleep. And it just gets and it applies to everything. You know, I mean, anyone who's a father sees me picking up my kids and one more sleep. They're like, oh, I love that. I'm like, yeah, you don't even know what it means, but maybe your kid will go to bed, you know, so. (laughs) (laughs) That is really true. It does apply to almost almost everything. So take me octagon side in Jacksonville. What what was the environment like? It felt like watching on Saturday night that you guys had a hell of a crowd. Yeah, I'm pretty patriotic. So a couple of weeks ago when the UFC was in London and everyone is rightfully putting over that audience. And as you know, Matt, we have great international audiences in Canada and Australia and Brazil and everywhere else. But, you know, I was just hoping that when we got back stateside and had these back to back events, essentially in Columbus, Ohio and Jacksonville, Florida, that the fans would be heard from and uh, rest assured they were, you know, it's rare even on the East coast of the United States for us to be close to at capacity during the early prelims, it was an early arriving crowd. They were loud. It was a very festive fight week. Um, Post hotel was just crawling, probably could have used a better verb there, but crawling with UFC fans. And uh, it's just exciting to sort of be back and to see candidly how much bigger the sport is domestically than it was when, you know, COVID-19 intervened. We've really taken a pretty big leap in the U S John. So the event itself, awesome. And we'll we'll get to specifics here. I'll let Matt kind of dive into that. I kind of got a general question before we get to all the Boston bullshit that we're going to have to deal with, the two Boston guys and me. So the gambling part of UFC has grown leaps and bounds. I've been in sports books in Vegas for 20 years, and now I'm the media guy. But I watched the ascension of amount of handle. Now I'm watching you guys every big event when you're doing it. How big of the gambling aspect of it is in your preparation or during the broadcast? Because I know a ton of people are betting this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I've been betting on sports, excuse me, almost every day since 1996. So for me, it was sort of an easy embrace. But I think what really happened when we were at Fox, our chief executive there, George Greenberg, said to me in 2013, he said, hey, do me a favor before these shows on FS1. Can you mention the betting line before every fight on the main card? And I said, you know what, George, I would be absolutely thrilled to do that for you. And obviously it has now evolved and now it has become a big cornerstone of our coverage. I've always thought, even as a play-by-play guy, that it's just another lens through which to look at these sporting events. And if you're not using that information, you're doing yourself a disservice. So certainly it's been gratifying for me excuse me, as somebody who invested in that space to see the UFC and DraftKings and everybody else embrace it to the extent to which they have. Explain the John Anik hedge bet, the emotional hedge bet that you put on when it comes to football season. (laughs) Well, it's every season, right? My Boston Celtics have a series right now against the Brooklyn Nets that I want them to win in the worst possible way. Kyrie Kyrie Irving is like my least favorite athlete of all time. So as soon as that series price went out today, Nets plus 125, it was 800 to pay a thousand. And I'm doing that to try to take down the Nets. Like I sit here as a very confident Boston Celtics fan. I actually like the Celtics against every team in the NBA right now, except maybe Phoenix and Brooklyn. And I do think they will get past the Nets, but 
I've been, you know, purchasing championships, so to speak, as Matt knows, for years and years in Boston, right? And call me superstitious, call me crazy. You know, the Red Sox, right? Near and dear to my heart. I'll bet on them five or seven times a year, but I bet against them over a hundred times. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like yesterday, they had a day game right after uh, after the Yankees series. It was a short price. I bet on the Red Sox and thankfully they came back from three nil down, but almost never am I on the Boston side. Always against. <laughs> it's the emotional Boston. hedge. Boston everyone, people are crazy. People ask me all the time, like Matt, should I emotionally bet against school of betting? Like that's basically what I call it. It's the John Anik school of betting. So I just have kind of like branded. That's your, that's your thing to me. Is it betting against the team that you want to win because you win either way. I'll just say quickly, the dumbest bet I've ever placed along those emotional lines <laughs> was when the Patriots were down 28 to three in that Super Bowl. And I placed a live bet on the Atlanta Falcons, $500 to pay $27. And you know what? It works. No, but see, it's not. It's not. It's like the only way they're coming back is if I get involved. And it worked again. You, you know? paid 500 bucks for the ring. Thank and you. And candidly, when the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, obviously I have a big score, you know? And so there obviously have been times over the years when the Boston teams get eliminated that I make a lot of money and it offsets a lot of the losses. But I mean, <laughs> I've lost thousands of dollars on the New England Patriots. Can you imagine? Right? <laughs> but it's beautiful oh. to think of, think of beauty. I mean, I think you got to be from New England to understand this. This is ridiculous. I don't understand what the hell you people are doing, but I do because, you know, being in the books and being a gambler, I get it. John, the price last night opened with the Nets minus 135 at Caesars out here in William Hill, whatever. And it people woke up this morning and now the Celtics are minus 150. Are you worried? About the Celtics actually winning this series? Like, because Matt has already resigned himself to the fact that if they don't win game one, they're not going to win the series. Tell him he's full of shit, please. Yeah, no, I think you're overstating a little bit of game one, but thank you. No, I mean, I feel like if you flip it around and I take the emotion out of it, the Celtics are the worst matchup for the Nets. Even if they don't have Robert Williams, they are completely bought in defensively. They're sharing the basketball. I mean, there were years where Tatum would never hit five or six assists. Now he's doing that sometimes in the first half of a game. So they're sharing the ball. They're unified. I do like the head coach. Um, I guess I just feel like Kyrie and Kevin Durant are a real problem. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of bad defenders on the floor when you talk about Curry and everybody else. But, um, you know, who do I think is going to be better in the series? <clears throat> Jay. <clears throat> Jalen and Jason or Kyrie and Durant, you know, I think it's going to be a complete effort from the Celtics because I think the Nets two stars are really going to shine. But uh, I don't know. I'm hoping that Marcus Smart can just get up underneath Kyrie's chin and just give him hell for seven games. But uh, I'm anxious, man. I'm anxious. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk some fighting. Alexander Volganovsky against Brian Ortega was one of the more exciting and incredible five-round fights that I've ever had a chance to see in person. It might be the best five-round fight I've ever seen, actually, because I, I was octagon side for that fight here in Vegas. And it was just incredible. The, the, the choke was in. It was deep. He rallied. He wins on the cards. He then goes and does to the Korean zombie what a lot of people thought, including myself, thought he was going to wind up doing. And now he's talking about moving into different weight classes. Are we seeing him get better or is he bored with the division? It's a good question. You know, we in our fighter meeting brought up moving up to lightweight, depending on how much featherweight clarity there was after this fight. And 
he, I think, had his eyes open a little bit. I'm not even sure he went into that fight week with that as an intention after the fact. And when he talks about somebody making a statement, you know, I thought Arnold Allen made a pretty big statement, but it came against Dan Hooker, who was moving down from lightweight and didn't have a number next to his name. So as such, maybe it didn't resonate with the champion Volkanovsky as a win over, say, a top five guy. Um, but he's absolutely getting better. Like, I'm telling you, man, it's not just the physical stuff, which is obvious, but the emotional stuff, the mental stuff, the championship aura. Like, dude didn't have it 18 months ago. I'm sorry. Didn't have it going into the Ortega fight. Has it now, you know? And I think part of that is that he's buoyed by the way the Ortega fight went, the fact that that's about the worst kind of adversity that he could possibly face in the octagon. And then he got through it and nearly blasted him out on the other side. So the confidence is high. Um, you know, obviously he's not a small featherweight. I guess for me, it's like, I don't love when a guy finally masters the weight cut and it's finally easy on his body to now move up, you know? So I still think there's divisional clarity that we need. I still think there are guys that he needs to beat in order to move up. Um, but again, if an obvious name doesn't materialize and, uh, and the promotion wants to strike while the iron's hot, I wouldn't be surprised to see him afforded that opportunity. So you're there, you're calling the fights Saturday night. It comes down to the last three fights, big favorite, bigger favorite, gigantic favorite. And we talked about on the show we got a lot of people listening to the show, watching the show that are new to the betting. We talked about, you know, maybe doing a parlay with all three favorites. And Matt has done that. <laughs> He's still pissed, John, about the middle fight that uh, that went John. to the dog in that one. Who won that fight, John? Well, it was a close fight. You know, I sitting here haven't gone back and watched round one. I did think as I was calling the fight and I would – Caveat that by saying I got so much shit going on when I'm calling a fight producers in my ear for an analyst, maybe their scorecard matters, but for the play-by-play guy, I might be sitting on a promo trying to get that in. I mean, I'm watching the action, obviously dutifully, but my scorecard, you kind of throw out, but I thought you won the first round and then I looked at the unofficial stats, which candidly are neither here nor there, but that showed more of a sterling round. So I don't know what would happen if I went back and watched it, but my thesis statement men is you know, parlay MMA at your own peril. I mean, I'm a straight wager guy, generally speaking, as a better to begin with. You know, like last night, I did tie the Brooklyn Nets on the money line to all of my baseball plays, and those became two like parlays. But for the most part, I'm a straight wager guy, and especially in a sport um, that has so much opportunity for human error. Um, <laughs> I don't know that of all the fights, Matt, I mean, you got a keen eye. I don't know that this would be one that you should be bemoaning. You know, certainly not a robbery, certainly a close fight for me. Certainly could have argued for a 10-8 for Aljamain Sterling in round two, and then that would have made it more of a distant scorecard for Sterling. And uh, I also sit here as a guy who doesn't want to see them fight again right now. So maybe that tells you how mm. close or not close I think the fight was. Like, I don't need to see the third meeting between these two right now. Maybe down the line, um, but I think Jan's got some work to do. Even if I walked out of the arena thinking maybe he won the fight. I I'm, I'm going to pump you up here for a second, but I mean everything I'm saying. I've said it privately and publicly. I've said it to you. I've said it to Megan O'Leary. Do you guys in real time understand how good of a broadcast team, how good you guys are when it's you and it's Rogan and the the connection you guys have, Cormier, Megan, when you guys are doing a, a big pay-per-view, does it feel like you guys are doing something really special? Because the to the audience, it's the best in the get in, in the business. You guys are incredible with what you guys do. 
Well, thank you. Uh, it truly means a lot. You know, we take it very seriously. You know, we're on a headset for eight hours as opposed to say three and a half or so for some of these other sports. So um, it's a marathon, right? Like I know even with my broadcast partners, sometimes they're going to start really strong early prelims. And then maybe I might need to carry a little bit of the weight during the night. And then, you know, the monster energy drink hits a little bit later in the night, but you know, there's a lot of ebb and flow over an eight hour broadcast and certainly, you know, come sports Emmy time, you know, there's not going to be much recognition coming our way. And I still think as much as I can sit here and talk about our domestic footprint, um, you know, Joe Rogan's been my primary broadcast partner for six years now. And, you know, the fact that this man has never even been considered for like a sports Emmy in this country as an analyst is ridiculous, you know? Um, so we still have work to do, I think as a sport, but, um, yeah, I guess I don't think about that as we're doing it, Matt, you know, and we're forced to bury these shows so quickly and move on to the next one and, and learn another 30 fighters in a short amount of time. But it means a lot for you to say that. And um, certainly, you know, we take it seriously and, and hopefully the, the product, you know, reflects that. John, are you on spring break with the kids? So I got three kids in different schools, so I don't have anybody home this week. Um, but oh. next week I do. Why? What's up? Well, I mean, because. Matt and I, our kids are on spring break this week. Right. And I was wondering what your life looks like when you got the kids on spring break and all the ages and the different things, the challenges that we go through as dads. <laughs> so you got two daughters and one son. Yeah. You're a girl dad. You got no everything doubt. going on. What's it like next week at the Anik house? It's my favorite question. It's total chaos, right? Because my <laughs> wife teaches middle school mathematics. And of course, ah. she's not off next week. Oh, and right. it's not as though my life stops, you know, when I'm coordinating to join you guys today, right? Candidly, my babysitter, if she bangs in sick today and doesn't go pick up my children, I can't be here with you guys. So, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it's like, be careful what you wish for in terms of all the clamor in my life. Um and certainly in a private moment to my twin brother, it's like, dude, I've been doing nothing but childcare for 10 years. Like I got to get out of here, you know? Um, so you guys can relate. Um, it's the greatest labor labor of love, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I drove through the night from Jacksonville back to Boca Raton, Florida, and I wake up, I do my podcast, you know, I slept for 90 minutes, do the podcast and then childcare hits hard. So the real work begins when you get back from sort of the fun job. So, um, you know, I'm trying to sort of em embrace the journey um, and not complain. Um, but like for a lot of people who can't wait, you know, they're like they're, for a lot of people, parents who bemoan the fact that their kids are getting older. I can't wait till my youngest is 18. Later. Let's go. <laughs> Moving on. John Anik joining us. So speaking of going along on the journey, I think for people, whenever you post a picture of your twin brother, they just go like, wait, what? what what's that like? for you two to go, to go through this, where like, there's a, someone who looks just like a guy on TV who's walking around, who's not the guy on TV. Yeah. It's wild. It was really particularly crazy for him this weekend because a lot of people, you know, just don't quite put it together. He has a ponytail. They all think I'm losing my hair. I <laughs> shave my head every two or three days by choice. I assure you I could grow the thickest Jewish hair you've ever seen in your life. Yes. Okay? You know, um, but I, so yeah, so I brought him around and, uh, and people were very excited to see him. I think for me, what's interesting is just that I, I have the great fortune of having another human being that not just looks like me, cause that's neither here nor there, but he thinks like me. He talks like me. His mannerisms are the same. We're always on the same wa wavelength and it's a huge benefit. You know, I said to Rogan, I was like, dude, can you imagine if there was like, Jeffrey Rogan creeping around who thought exactly like you, 
you know, and I think he's probably glad there isn't, you know, um, but it's uh, for me, it's like sometimes in life, it's like I haven't always needed to have a lot of friends because I've been able to lean on him to such an extent. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to see him sort of getting in the MMA space a little bit and uh, nice to, I think, prove to the MMA masses that not all of us in the broadcast booth have lost our hair. Some of us are just uh, <laughs> choosing to shave it every couple of days. <laughs> You're bragging. That's unbelievable right there. I got twin sisters. My dad was oh, wow. a twin. So I understand totally what you, what you got. That's, that's tremendous. I love it. Last one for me, I'd say one more sleep, but you say that. So I'll say one more question from me My before man. I throw it back to Matt. Are you a Bruins guy? 100%. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that they have a series with the Florida Panthers down here and I can Whoa. catch a playoff game. Oh, but there you go. My, Wait, the, you want to see the Panthers first, John? No, no. Oh. But I have to say the Florida Panthers are the only local South Florida team that we as a family have embraced. We went to four regular season games, but were the Bruins and the Panthers to ever meet in a postseason setting, my heart is, is firmly with the Boston Bruins. Um, I'm just hoping that somehow, some way, maybe it can't even happen, but Eastern Conference Finals or something, somehow, some way. Okay. So can the Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup, in your opinion, right now? Are they one of the teams that would be a legit contender right now tell matt yes because he doesn't think so well no i mean you know i like their head coach you know the goaltending scares me a little bit i like the veteran leadership i don't like the depth of the conference i mean that's what scares me you know i just think that yes. when i start to set up a path for the celtics in the nba that has them beating the nets the bucks the heat and the suns it's like maybe we're gonna have to wait for that banner guys <laughs> you know as it right so when I look at the Bruins, it just looks like it's just going to be a lot. And when they won the cup in 2011, I mean, that's the hardest pro championship to win the Stanley Cup. Thank by you. Fall. No question. But what they had to do over 25 games or so in 2011 with all those series going seven games, I just, I just don't know that they're going to be with able, able to withstand. Uh, I think the Panthers have a much better shot if I'm being honest, but we'll see. All right. Two last ones for me. Kazmin Chemaev has been an unbelievable rocket ship of a ride. He looked good, got rocked in the second round, showed some ability to come back. Gilbert Burns is a really tough SOB like we know. Does that fight happen at some point again in a five-round fight? They're talking about a main event potential. Obviously, the Covington thing is up first for Chemaev, but do we see a Burns in Chemaev too? So you just said, obviously, the Covington thing is up first for Chimaev. Perhaps you have information that I don't. If I'm reading between the tea leaves, I wouldn't be surprised if they do an immediate rematch with Chimaev and Burns, and it's a five-round fight this summer. I mean, if you look at what they're wow. both saying on their social media, I feel like Hamzat wants a more definitive result, and the magnitude of that rematch now for Gilbert Burns, based upon the way he performed the first time around, is enormous. So, um, I don't know. Sitting here right now, I've been wrong many times. I think that it won't be Covington. I think those guys are going to have a rematch, and you might even get it in the next three or four months. Interesting. And then last question. You're asked it all the time, but I'm still very curious. Will we see John Jones fighting in a heavyweight fight in 2022? Yes, absolutely. And this time when we talk about it, I actually have something resembling inside information. And it's okay. just from one of his coaches that he's been working exceedingly hard for a long time. And um, I don't think July 2nd is out of the realm of possibility. Are we doing International Fight Week? I don't think it's going to be then because I sit here talking to you guys on April 13th. 
you know, but the notion that John's going to need till December to get ready, that is not true either. So um, I do believe if John was presented with an interim championship opportunity um, this summer, he would take it. Unbelievable. John, thank you for the time, man. This was so much fun. Really appreciate it. Let's do it again soon down the line. All right. Really enjoyed it. Of all the interviews I do, this is uh, one of my favorites this week. Thank you, man. I hope to do it again. Thank you. Awesome. I am John. My man. Let's see you in Vegas. Let's see you in Vegas. Let's do it. Vegas. Love to have a drink, man. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love it. One more sleep. Send us gear. We'll wear it for sure. One more sleep. Gear. I'm wearing it today. If he sends it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Good love it. That is John Anik here going in. And I think that that's <laughs> uh, that the chat just said, Matt, I'm going to need you to call John Anik and get that inside information on who John Jones is going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, he's just the best. He really is. And you know, there's just certain people that I have, my career has sort of been like in parallel. We're very similar in age. We know tons of similar people. You know, John went through a very rocky time taking over that seat and it was not a hundred percent well-received by the UFC crowd. And he's right. built by working his effing ass off, ass off yeah. to show that he appreciates the opportunity that he was presented and nobody. And I mean, nobody works harder than that dude does to prep for a broadcast. As he said, they're on for eight freaking hours. It's a long calling time, man. Early prelim prelim main event. 15 fights sometimes, 30 different fighters. That's insane. The backstories, the information, you have to know how to say these guys' names. It's international. Like you heard, I, I killed, I didn't, he, he just said, Hazmat uh, Tamayev, I killed, I call him Kazmat all the time. It's, you know, I, he knows how to say these names because they go during their fighter meetings, they take their phones and they slide it over and say, do me a favor, say your name. How am I supposed to say it? And they record it. And then, then he practices it over and over again. Yep. He knows in the broadcast how to say it at the top of a hat. It's really good. I mean, and he's got, like he said, a hundred people. He got talking in his ear, right. throw this yes. promo at you in between this and that. Oh, wait, we got to get this graphic in. It's a, it's a traffic like nightmare yeah. in your head when you got people talking to you and that's such a good job. I mean, like, I think he makes people that aren't fight fans he gives you that excitement where you like yep. all right i care about this fight because he does and the you know team you him does and rogan too. together I, mean, it's I, great. I know i'm you know blowing smoke at him here but i'm serious rogan is unbelievable in that role he explains things wonderfully and yeah. then cormier being the ex-fighter and, and it's not just sometimes it's other fighters who have come in who are part of it but mostly it's cormier who's doing the big events the three of those guys just have a chemistry that is so hard to have and so hard to get. And then I think Megan O'Levy, who I'm, I'm close with here in Vegas is unreal at what she's able to do being the walk and talk reporter, sideline information, whatever you want to call it. Right. She's doing for these fights. I, I mean, I just, I, I've told Megan this, I've told John off the air that I think what they do is verbal gymnastics at the highest level of how they're able to work together and present something that, like he said, is highly unappreciated by the broadcast and media world simply because the sport isn't as well received or accepted as other sports are. Right. I mean, Tony Romo gets how much to do football games? I get it. It's football. I'd rather listen to Rogan and Anik personally. Right. Do, do, do a sporting event. They're just, they're so, so good. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sport that is different 
than others due to the fans and how they really do have kind of a cult following in a lot of ways that's grown, but they appreciate the fans in a really big way in the UFC yep. and do a really good job of it. So that was a lot of fun. That was cool. All right. A uh, couple things I want to jump into quickly. I'm wearing the Raiders hat. Derek Carr this morning. Yeah. Got 40 million a year, Dave. <laughs> Three year. He is the longest tenured quarterback in the AFC West. Yep. $121.5 million, three-year extension. Yep. Are we okay with the Raider quarterback making 40 a year? I'm done looking at the numbers, what they make. I had to stop looking at it years ago. Seriously, it's absurd. I, I can't. There's nothing that anyone walking planet Earth can relate to that. Derek Carr makes $40 million a year. You say it out loud, and you go, Okay. Like there's, I mean, what do you say? I mean, congratulations. That's awesome. Of course. For him. Um, of course. If you break that down on a day by day, that's over a hundred grand a day, whether you play or not. It's, it's wake it's, up. It's, it's, Wait, it's 365. If you do 365, he, he makes a hundred K for opening what, up his eyes. Not, not just, not just a hundred K a hundred, almost $110,000 a day, every single day of the year. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's unbelievable to break it down like that. <laughs> How you sleep? How do you sleep when you do that? Very, very well, very well. Very well. Damn good, <laughs> damn good. You sleep. Silk sheets, man. Oh man, forty now. Per. So right, so that's the danger, right? Like, all right, you got the contract. Do you rest on your laurels and like you got the money? Now what do you do? I mean, I don't think Derek Carr's that like that. I think the Raiders believe in him, obviously. McDaniel believes in him. That's just, I mean, it's all worked out now. Like we got our quarterback. Stop talking about Brady coming here and all that other shit. It's done. We got our guy. Now we better get sure. We got a tight end. We got to make sure we got to get who wants the out, by the way. What's that? Tight end wants out. He wants out. He Darren, said this publicly. No, it's a, it's a huge rumor in Vegas that Darren Waller is not happy. Got two years left on his deal. He's got nowhere to go, but he is not getting an extension. He wants an extension. He's not going to give it to him, and he's not happy about it. He wants to be paid like a top five weapon in the league. He's well, I mean, he theoretically could be, but he's not yet. Like at some point, you got to accept the fact that you have to do it once to get the money. Yeah, and now you have a wideout in Devontae Adams that just got the biggest deal <laughs> in the league. So and, right. the and the quarterback had just got $40 million a year. So the opportunity for a Darren Waller extension and or bump in salary eh, may not be happening anytime soon. And that is the, that's the scuttlebutt that he's not too pleased with that. Holdout is holdout is a interesting conversation. It's tough to hold out in the NFL today, but he's got two years left. This might be the one time he actually can do it. Wow. So. Just a little insider Raider conversation as to where the team is at the moment in the wake of this, in the wake of the 40 million and the Devontae Adams trade. Does this does this move any numbers for you? Like if we were in the book and working in the risk room, would you say to me, oh boy, the Raiders signed car, we should adjust the numbers or anything? It doesn't affect anything, right? Nothing. Zero. Not not even not even a little. <laughs> like it's just it actually makes me feel worse about the team, to be quite honest, because <laughs> of the, the now being fat and happy. He's tenured till 2025. You're not going anywhere. No trades. No, he has no trade clause on top of that. They gave him a no trade clause. Good agent. Poor. I mean, look, 
If anybody had any question about Mark Davis putting money where his mouth is to pay for players and pay for teams coming to Vegas, that dude just signed a head coach in the WNBA for almost a million dollars. No one's done that. And this dude just gave his quarterback 40 million a year. Oh, by the way, and he went and got a coach out of New England and he went and got the best wide receiver in, in the game. Yep. In the game. And paid him. I mean, <laughs> he's doing everybody who said Mark Davis was broke coming to Vegas and he was going to run the team into the ground. And once he came here, he was just going to rest on his laurels. Yeah, that dude ain't doing that. <laughs> like he's coming in here to win. He's spending to win. He's trying to build a championship team here in Vegas with his gorgeous $2 billion stadium, which, by the way, will host the Super Bowl in two years. Man, oh man. Guy's doing some big, big things. I'm going to have to get a Raider something at some point, I think. Here's the you, – you don't have any Raider gear? No. Really? It's one My of choice. the teams. Yes. Are you nuts? Like It's like you get a Yankee th- something for me. Why? Because of the 70s? The Raiders were the most hated team in Pittsburgh along yeah. with the Cowboys. Yes. But they're not in your division. They, Listen, it was them or us for a long time in the seventies. True. true, it was battles, and they were dirty. They were yes, they mean. Were. Yes, they were. You know, I was. You know, I still get upset when I think what you know Tatum tried to take out Lynn Swan and <laughs> what those guys used to do. I mean, they knocked them out, like literally just knocked them out. He was crossing the field, like he was it was not even catching a ball, and they blasted him. So they were dirty. I didn't like them, but. I live here now, and the kids keep telling me, well, you know, I'm not from Pittsburgh. I'm from Vegas. That's my team. I'm like, hold on. Stop. Yeah, I don't now know if they're going to win. If my daughter were – if Madeline came home one day and said, I'm a Yankee fan, I'm not sure I'd feel too good about it. So I can I can relate to that, that yeah, point. Like that. Just, but if you're living in New York, it would be difficult to say no to that. Correct. Like, and up to this point – Steelers have always been better than the Raiders. So I've always had that kind of thing. Like Whoops. going back to kindergarten, the kindergarten teacher was a Ravens fan. And the oh. kids thought that was fun because right. she, we made a bet and I lost that year, the regular season. So I had to wear a purple shirt. If she nice. lost, she had to put a terrible towel in her room. Oh, it was the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Whoops. <laughs> So the kids got Raven stuff. They thought can it was fun. They're like, oh, yeah. Uh, can, can, we, can, we, can we make a Patriot bet this year? <laughs> yeah. Follow that up again to go with number two. They went There's to school at a middle school with the Patriots. Their, their name was the Patriots. Oh. So they had to come home in all the gear. Awesome. I had a little problem with that, too, but I got over it. I got over <laughs> There's an offshore right now that has Josh McDaniels 12 to 1 to win coach of the year. In Vegas, he's 22 to 1. At William Hill. Ooh. Leading shortest odds on Josh to be coach of the year. Damn. You buy that? I mean, what does he have to do to be the coach of the year? Win team the has West. to win a division, right? Win the West. You win the West, he wins coach of the year. Can't be wild card. Got to win the West. They ain't winning the West. I would agree. So that's why I don't think this bet makes any sense. I'd be 12 to 1. Like, wait, what? Man. But if they win 13 games and they win the West. 13 games? Not saying it's happening. Just oh. saying that's what would need to happen. to win. You're going to have to win 13 games to win the West. 13 and 4. 12, wow. 12 could get it done with a tie. I was going to say 12 and 5 could get it done, no? With a tie, with a tie break. But to win the thing outright, 13 and 4 is where you're going to have to go. One of those teams is going 13 and 4? 
Yeah. No way. Yeah. 12 and 5, 13 and 4. Sure. Because you can lose games in the division. You play six games in the division and you beat everybody else. So you can lose three games, two games in the division. Does anyone go five and one in that division? Uh, the team that wins the division could. Hard, but. Ain't no way. Are, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying no way. I don't know. I, I mean, think four and two at best in a division, okay. which means 12 and five wins the division, in my opinion. Okay. That's fair, but yeah. that's but twelve and five might tie. You may have two teams to go twelve and five, and you may need a tie break to see who wins it. Please, no tie break bullshit again <laughs> this year. Please, please. That was so fun. That was so fun. It was so fun. Oh, it wasn't great. fun. It involved my team. It wasn't fun. Oh, it was so fun. It was awesome. I loved it. All right, uh, let's skip ahead here because we have annex. So let's jump ahead here on on, on the run line, Matt, okay. and let's go to our story of the day. Kind of going back to what we talked about yesterday from wagers.com. Yeah. And you talked about this. You tweeted about it, so I'm bringing it up because you saw it. So a California tribe is now hiring for a sports book betting director. Yeah, I'm throwing my hat in the ring for that shit. Well, here's my question. Does that change your opinion on the vote? Because yesterday you thought the vote was going to go the other way. You said it was going to get shot down. I thought it would get passed. Now that a tribe is hiring for a position that would need to have legalized betting voted yes in November, does that change your opinion on the vote coming up in November? Um, not yet. It sure. depends. It depends on who they hire, what the intentions are. I got to talk to some people. I put it on the Twitter and tagged a couple of people to call their attention to it between shoots and a couple other people will know a little bit more. But listen, I got hired to be a director in West Virginia. When it went legal and I was writing tickets at the Venetian when I got hired to go there, like wow. they're taking, I mean, one, you got to get somebody to take the job. Now, listen, I had to move to Wheeling, West Virginia. That's a little bit different than moving to like San Diego or right. San Francisco, wherever they're based. That's me. So, but, um, it's going to be all legal wrangling and lobbying and, a lot of envelopes and suitcases and all kinds of stuff. I think it's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. That I mean, you have to embrace it, right? Like, I'm in the, am I reading it well, right? Do, this is what, just to be clear for the audience's sake, what they're doing. So they're hiring because the tribes want brick and mortar. The tribes are going to try to shoot down the other option on the ballot, which is for mobile. So we have two competing bills, two competing votes coming up here in November where the tribes want legalized sports betting in person only. And then there is another bill being backed by FanDuel, DraftKings, all the other mobile operators that want to have online sports betting. Why does it have to be one or the other? Just the way that they're doing it, unfortunately. This is this this is the game that the tribes are playing. The tribes don't want mobile. They have not wanted mobile anywhere because, again, this is the analogy I've made 18,000 times, but it's, these are the people who think that putting sports on TV was going to kill attendance. They think it's going to hurt their casinos to have people betting on apps, which is crazy, but it's only going to help them, not hurt them. So that's why this posting... Well, they can't do it. They can't do it. That's the well. That you're right. That's the post. That's what happened in Florida. Is that are you allowed to have mobile sports betting? Can online tribes take bets off their land due to how the law was written back in 
16, whatever the hell it was, when we started to go ahead and have these things be given out from a land perspective and to allow gambling to happen. Um, once we gave the land to the tribes and then when we allowed gambling to happen on the tribes and they fought it with the Supreme Court to basically be their own sovereignty and say, why can't we have gambling? U.S. laws shouldn't apply, blah, blah, blah. Mobile takes it off that. So that's the problem. But I think if they could control it and they could do it themselves, they would. I mean, but they know. Florida, Right. It's against the Constitution or against federal law, I should say. That's why Florida fell apart. Because Florida had that where the Seminole tribe was taking mobile sports bets off their land. And it was shot down by by the federal court. So that's the problem. Like Florida tried to do this already where it said, okay, yeah, Seminole tribe wants to offer online sports betting. They've got all the, all the software. They're good to go. They, they signed that compact DeSantis and the tribe and the Seminole tribe did it. They were going to get a cut of every single mobile sports bet made in the entire state. It didn't matter where it was placed. Every, they're going to get a cut win or lose of every single bet. That's the bag of bags that was given to somebody to get that clause be put in there right never seen that before in any jurisdiction to say they get a cut of every single bet whether it's a seminal tribe bet or not they're getting a cut of all of it yes and then a federal judge came in and said sorry that's illegal it's against the the federal law about how you can operate sports betting on your land so that's where where the in, in california they're trying to say okay we're gonna get shut out if we don't support something so let's support in person and then eventually we'll get online sports betting down the line but the first step will be let us make money now. So let's hire a sports book director. Let's look like we're going to operate. We're going to win and we're going to have this coming as early as football season next year. So 2023, fall of 2023, California could have legalized in-person sports betting if it passes. <laughs> it's also just, I don't know who's interested in mine. Like, I mean, the tribes have been talking to people about this for such a long time. They want to do it. They just don't want to take it away from them. Right. And everyone's looking to take it away from them. I mean, I get it. They have the, they have it, but if they can make a deal where it's fair, getting a piece of every single bet in the state of Florida is not fair either. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, come on. Same. But, but, and you don't even have to win. You just need to take the bets. Now we're right. taking a volume. That's genius. That's a great slanted decision you could possibly have. What the, yeah, le- like, what the leagues tried to get. The right. Wanted, the, the leagues wanted a cut of every bet, win or lose. A volume. Yeah, which is <laughs> it's, it's complete bullshit. But yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's it, it it's interesting. I, I just think if like if FanDuel, DraftKings, whomever went to them and said, listen, we're gonna run it for you. You guys will have a retail location, but you'll have a mobile option. Let's come together on this. I think that somebody in their right mind would sit down and say, it's so much money. Let's figure it out. But to have one or the other is absurd. It doesn't make any sense. And the tribes have the wherewithal power and leverage on the people voting on this when once it goes past the public that that's why people are going to be more inclined to say all right we'll legalize in person we're already at the casino anyway they're betting on craps they're betting on table games anyway what the hell's difference they're going to go ahead and bet on a sporting event in a sports book let them do that which we all know 
will be 10% of what the handle could be if you had mobile across the state. So that's the, but them hiring this is sort of like, they're trying to wave the flag of like, we are going to win. Like in November, we're going to win. We're preparing like we're going to win our side. So come November, 2023 or, or September, 2023, when we turn the lights on, our books go live. We, we have a director in place, kind of like when Johnny Avello got hired by DraftKings, when DraftKings started to do their expansion, we've got our guy in place. Who's going to take that job if they lose? They ain't got no job, right? Correct. Yep, you're out. Anyway, I mean, they're going to eventually, but yes, your job is much different. You'd be essentially resting your career on the vote in November. Ooh. But if you're if it wins, oh boy, it's a big job. Running retail sports locate sports betting locations in California for the Indian tribe. That'll be gigantic. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge job. Oh. So yeah. It's a is it a seven figure job? I mean, if they want it done right. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but then you kind of, you may, I mean, this is the problem. Like you want to spend it at the beginning or you want to just hope and, you know, kind of limp it along. I don't know. I mean, it's minimum got to be half a million a year. Yeah. That's what, yeah. It's a big job. So just something to watch. Damn. All right. Uh, our bet prep prop of the day actually is for the first time. A bet I made last night, you know, I was having, it was going to be part of better to book it. Whoa. So, so this is, I've, I've bet this last night. Okay. Unbeknownst to me, I made this play. Our betprep.com prop bet of the day is LaMelo ball under 23 and a half points tonight. Okay. LaMelo ball minus 112 at FanDuel. We missed this last night. Claxton had, uh, as I, I was right, I thought he'd go way over. He blew through that. I think he went up with 10. We're going under six and a half. He went way over that. Uh, so LaMelo Ball averaging 20.1 points per game has gone over 24 points, just three of his last 10 games on the road and four of his last 14 against games uh, against teams with winning records, averaging 18.7 points per game. Played the Hawks three times, 15, 19, and 22 points scored. The Hawks have been great against shooting guards. Out of 30 teams in the NBA, the Hawks allow the fewest threes made by shooting guards. So if Melo is missing shots from behind the arc early, we should be good here. How do we feel about LaMelo Ball under 23 and a half points, betting in our booking that? What, are we on a three-game losing streak now? Nope. We were on a three-game win streak and then lost last night. Okay. Um, no, all that makes sense. I like it. I like it. You, you already bet it, so I you bet. like it. I like it. It was it's the only prop bet I made tonight because I went one and one yesterday. So I came back with two bets again today. So I was like, you know what? I'm making three. I want to be winning or losing. So let's have a winning day or losing day. <laughs> so I'm making a, a prop bet. I'm taking LaMelo ball. I want to have an odd number. So I'm making a prop bet. I'm taking LaMelo ball under 23 and a half points because, and we can go right into this with better to book it here. Hawks and the Hornets here. I'm going under 236. On this one, okay. we talked about it yesterday. These teams have played four times. The under has gone three and one between these teams. But the difference between today and yesterday is this is a game seven. The loser of this game, their season is over. Mm-hmm. So I think defensively, these guys lock in a bit more. And I also think late game situations, five minutes left in the game, they slow it down. 
They start really protecting the basketball. They start cherishing the ball. They bleed the clock. They aren't looking to run and do crazy alley-oops, jack threes. They want quality shots. They're going to want to find the right guys. Trey Young is 31 and a half points tonight. I thought about going over on that, but I'm like, I like the under in this game, so I can't go over Trey Young. So I was looking for a play on the under. That's how I got to LaMelo Ball, who scored 24 and 24 the last two games of the regular season. But I think tonight he does go under 23 and a half. Under 236, Hawks, Hornets, betting it or booking it. Book it. Numbers aside for a reason. I'm going to okay. go over. I just think it's a uh, – what's, what's the word? Track meet. Everybody likes to use this as a track meet. Back and forth. Boom, boom, okay. boom. Um, it'll all depend on whether the officials call fouls or not. If it's well, if it's like game one uh, yesterday, it goes over because of fouls. Right. Or – I mean, if there's no fouls called, it goes under. If there's fouls called, like ticky-tack fouls and this and that, it goes, goes over. You made the case as to what I'm going to try to do tonight based upon the game between the Nets and the Cavs. So, bet under 236, and then I want to come back with an over at like 210 in this game. Oh, you I'm might not- get that. If this first That's- quarter slow it. Yeah. Listen, the first quarter... Um, the algorithm's messed up. I mean, it just it over adjusts. Like they go four trips back and forth, back and forth. Like they move at six points. <laughs> like I, I bought, I bought a sports grid shows. I'm, I'm doing it with Gabe and Cam. I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh my god! Yesterday I was literally betting it. Bible. So I'm on the air on my phone. I'm like, hold on. I'm looking. And I'm trying. And um, and I don't really ever do that. But I mean, I you know it's wrong when you see yeah. it. It's just right. so. I think you'll have an opportunity to do that. The problem is if you go fast and it goes up and then it goes 246. And it has. But what happens when, but what I've seen with the algorithm when it does that is that there's a stretch in the game where we go five minutes with no, with points, correct points being scored. Correct. So because the pregame algorithm was right, the pregame number was so to get back in line with the pregame number of 236 then you'll see a drought. So like, I, I don't always panic when that happens. Like I'm like, okay, yeah, it's 243, 245. I'm like, right. I don't think I'm dead yet. And then all of a sudden it flips back and it's like the live line's like 238. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm still alive based upon free throws, mm-hmm. final possessions. And it comes down to basically one or two. So then I just, I don't bet again. I just let it ride and hopefully go one and oh. So like, that's my, I'm hoping for a slow start. If there is a slow start, I will come back and I'll add to this and I'll come in trying to middle it yep. or I'll just let it ride and just right. hope for a slower ending of the game and, yep. you know, possessions fall apart and missed free throws and things along those lines. I, I always think- say it's, do you believe in the original number? And I used to say this in the room every day. How good is the number? Sometimes the number is shit. Right. Like sometimes it's just bad and you can see it quick and you go, boy, that was wrong. I mean, it's just, it's just not there. But other times. You'll see the way the time comes off the clock, the way they go through these droughts, the way they go through these spurts. It'll, it'll, a lot of times the totals will fly around the same number. The numbers are as good right now in going forward in the NBA. Most of the time, just like we talked about the numbers being the best they are for the NCAA tournament at this time, you got all the information, you got guys playing for blood every night. Like every game is meaningful now. I love watching and booking and betting the playoffs because I know what I'm getting. Now, it may not happen the way you think. Yeah. 
I ain't got to worry about a guy being out too late at the club last night. I ain't got to worry about a guy feeling sick and all that other bullshit that you get when they go to Miami. Like, what are they doing down on South Beach? Who played last night? Who had a bad trip flying there? There's time between games. The games are tremendous right now, at least betting opportunity-wise. It's a lot of fun. All right, uh, we'll go quickly to the next one. I think we're on the same side. I took the Spurs plus five and a half. Spurs ended the regular season yep. on an eight one and one run. They were four zero and one over the last five ATS. Here, I got Popovich catching points against the Pelicans team that I'm not so sure I want to trust to win this game by six points or more. Betting or booking Spurs plus five and a half. Betting this one. Betting this. What's five at Cirque? Everywhere else is a five and a half. What's that tell you? Mm-hmm. Thank you. I think that's the side, but again, doesn't always get there. This feels sure. like um, like Cavs did last night. Just too many points. Like this, mm-hmm. anything over four. If this was three and a half, I wouldn't be so inclined to take it. I think the Spurs mm-hmm. can win a game, and we get over two buckets. I'm good with five and a half. I think it's a good bet. Um, we're betting it. Oh, and then one more quick one in baseball. So I, I'm going to ride Logan Webb. I I, I okay. really I, I like this kid a lot. I liked him a lot last year. They gotta year. let him pitch. Yes, they do. And they pulled him way too early. So hopefully Gabe Kapler doesn't do it again to us tonight. But how do you feel about Giants minus one twenty six on the money line tonight against the Padres? Betting or booking it's, it. It's down to minus one fifteen right now because you got uh, Manea. Okay. You know, right. this is under game. I mean, it is seven, but it's an under game. Um I, I think that's the best bet in the game. I'll go against everybody and all this move and stuff, and I'll bet this with you. I think the Giants can win this game. Manea was – he was so good last time out. Like, they, he had a no-hitter yeah. going. So, we'll follow up. We'll go against him on web again. It's coin flip, though. I mean, this is a tough game. I like Giants today. I like – they need to get going offensively. Like, let's go. Like, and, and maybe a little bit of step back. Manea, I mean, look, he's, he's – American League guy coming over to the National League. They haven't seen much of him, so he's going to have some success early, but hopefully this Giants lineup can get going here because they've got off to a little bit of a rocky start. All right, favorite thing about today is what? So while we're doing the shows, when I mean, we talked about it all week, different things going on, people going through all this stuff, and I got a text while we're doing a show from my brothers and sisters, everybody's talking, to my brother who got a clean scan. He got, thank goodness, like, I'm so relieved right now. I can't wait to finish the show, and I'm going to go call him and tell him that I love him, and I'm happy. He got a little bit of a, you know, the doctors, I tell people all this time, like, when the doctors tell you to go do something, just go do it. Like, figure out if you can't pay for it, figure out how to pay for it. Listen to the doctor sometimes. They don't know everything either. I say nobody knows shit all the time, but you got to listen to the doctors. He get, he had to listen to the doctor. He went and got a scan. He's, he, he had uh, cancer. He was clean and then he saw something he said go do it so i've been waiting for 48 hours for the results of this scan and he just while we're doing the show there's texting my brothers and sisters thank goodness everything's okay so again just another reminder all this stuff is bigger than sports it's bigger than life i mean like it's so important but that's my favorite thing about today i'm so excited and i can't wait to go call him as soon as we're done with the show that's phenomenal you told me that last night and i was like I, I, yeah, oh. tough day, but that's great. That's really, that's, that's phenomenal news on that. Uh, my favorite thing about today is, well, I'm really happy for our guy, Stephen Mack. 
So Stephen Mack wrote us a really nice message. He showed, he watched the show for the first time. I think it was Monday. Yeah. Wrote us a message saying, if the show is like this every single time, I'm, I'm hooked. <laughs> this is incredible. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. He was so in and so fired up. Thank you, Matt. So, Ste- so Stephen Mack sends me a DM this morning. Last night, he hit an eight-team, 30-buck parlay <laughs> for a dime. Yes! Oh, my. <laughs> Way to go, yes, Matt! Turns it in, Stephen M one three zero five seven four eight six on Twitter. I have no idea why those numbers are there, but that's his <laughs> that's his handle on Twitter. And he watches the show all the time. And he sends me he hits an eight leg baseball and hockey and basketball parlay last night. Canucks beat the Knights, man. We told everybody he didn't bet that game. Oh, he he bet. Uh, he had the Angels. Cardinals, Astros, Uh Brooklyn, the Blues, the Sabres, the Capitals, and the Flames. Damn. 30 buck bet. Money line? Money, no, because it was, and Nets were, yep, money line. Yeah. Minus 503. So Nets money line. Okay. All money line bets. Wow. Calgary minus 415. Capitals minus 245. Took the Sabres on the reverse puck line. At plus one and a half, at plus one forty eight. Wow, that's what nice. that's what helped a lot. Yeah, Cardinals minus one sixty seven, Angels minus one forty eight, Astros minus one fifty five. So really, the one long shot he threw in there was for the Sabers to lose by one yep. or less. Yep, that's awesome. That, that came in. That's fantastic. Thirty buck bet to win a dime. So it's always fun. Not that I want you guys playing tons of parlays. Okay, I don't believe in parlays, right. so don't right. be careful. But it's just it's it's fun when somebody comes in, listens to the show for the first time on Monday, hears us talk, turns around, <laughs> hits an eight leg parlay. That's pretty sweet. Like, it ain't always like that, S Mac. It ain't no. always like that. Be careful. Don't give it back. Like go take that right. money out and go buy something fun. Because what they want you to do is keep betting that money. You got a score like that, yank it out, go buy something. <laughs> Minimum, <laughs> take half. I always yes. say take half and go do something. Yep. Buy a, you know, go away for a weekend, buy something, buy a smoker, buy whatever you like, whatever. buy golf clubs, whatever you like. Like buy something for yourself Amen. for that money. And then you want to bet the other 500. All right, fine. But so congratulations on that. Love to see it. Love That's it. my favorite thing about today is see a listener come in and, and cash that. Awesome. Cool. Big thank you to John Anik, voice of the UFC, fantastic. for coming in. That was a fantastic and really fun interview. That was super cool in having him. I really appreciate his time to come on. And if you missed the interview on podcast, Apple, Spotify, video on YouTube, go check out the Props YouTube channel to watch that. We always, we're pulling out the interviews too, so you guys are going to just have the interviews now. Um, so you can see it. We'll have an interview uh, rundown or place. What is that called? Um Eh, I forget what it's called uh, on, on YouTube, but you'll be able to find just the interviews to be able to do that. He is Dave. I am Matt. Tell We're me. back tomorrow for what it will be Thursday. Bostonian versus the book. <laughs> <laughs>